Well, Roy, we knew the Twins were going to trade for a pitcher at some point. We figured that Jorge Polanco was the most logical trade chip, and the Twins do trade Polanco for a pitcher. It wasn't exactly the deal we all anticipated. I think we all thought and maybe even hoped it would be Polanco for like a, and maybe another prospect or two for a number two or three starter, you know, kind of more replace Sonny Gray. Instead, it's a maybe less, a trade that gives less instant gratification, but could be good in the future. I want to get your take on that. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at, at talkwork.com. Uh, today it's Roy Smalley, former twin star, current twins broadcaster. And I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Lavelle might be joining us when his schedule clears here in a little bit. Producers Brandon Morton. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services, Services Studios. We want to thank Aquarius Home Services and uh, let you know the best way to listen to this show or any show at talkworth.com is to subscribe at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And uh, thanks for listening to this show and all the shows at the network. We do appreciate it. So, Roy, uh, the Twins end up trading Polanco, a popular guy. For uh, Justin Topa, a very good sinker ball, right-hand reliever. Anthony Desclafani, uh, I know I'm going to mess up his name a lot, but you know who he is. Uh, right-hander probably slot sends their fifth starter. Uh, outfield prospect Gabriel Gonzalez, who might be now the Twins' fourth best uh, prospect in a very good farm system. And uh, right-handed pitcher Darren Bowen, uh, who's a either low-ranked or unranked uh, pitching prospect. Plus, they got cash which either could benefit them as they try to make moves or just uh, you know just make up for for the the expenses that they have to incur. So give me your your initial reaction to that trade. My initial reaction was wait, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I I'm with you. I thought that there would be bigger uh names um you know, from a pitching standpoint. Um but then what happened? As I've as I've thought about it, as I've looked at it and thought about it, I think the twins made a pretty good deal. And and <clears throat> here's why. That wasn't the first deal they talked about with it. They didn't do the first thing that came down the road. Uh, they've been shopping Polanco, I'm sure. They've been talking to people. And um it, it, I I think that you know, as you talk to people about potential trades, the market values kind of start uh, becoming apparent to you, right? I mean, what's what's probably going to be the, you know, the deal uh, that we can get with it, it for for Jorge? And so it looked at that from that perspective. They got a, a big league pitcher that admittedly will be probably the fifth starter, but you need a fifth starter and you need a serviceable fifth starter. And I think with Disclafani, they know, uh, they know what they're going to get at the bottom end of the, of the range. I think he's been injured a lot. I think there could be, I mean, I think the, I, I think the good news, bad news is he, when he has been healthy, he's been a low three uh, point something ERA guy. And when he's not been healthy, it's, it's in uh, mid, you know, anywhere from four to you know to higher four point somethings. Um, that's a that's a fifth starter uh, who's done it before. That's got some more upside than downside uh, to his most recent, you know, performance. So you know that one aspect of it not bad. Topa, I really like, and I, I will just I'll give you the conclusion first. Uh, my conclusion is. 
I like the deal. I think the two best components of the deal, and it may turn out to be uh, the uh, young right-handed hitting outfielder, but the best components right now are Topa and Cash. Um, yeah. I think I, I think it was amazing that they that they got a fifth starter. They got Topa, who I really like. I mean, it, it, uh, here's a, um, a a right-hander, middle innings reliever guy that can come in and and get you out. I like his arm. I like his stuff. I like the movement on his on his sinker. He's a ground ball throwing machine. I I did uh, I, I did see him pitch against the Twins a few times last year. I really and I I didn't know him much when I saw him last year. I thought, man, who, I like this guy. And so I was real I was real happy to see him in the in the deal. The cash is a big deal because you know for obvious reasons. And but I think the the steal is that they got the four players they got plus cash. Uh, I think that I think on balance was a it was a huge deal. This Gabriel Martinez dude looks like, I mean, he's a right-handed hitter, which they need. Another young outfielder looks like he's got a lot of power. I've seen some video of him hitting the ball out of the ballpark to right center, which, as you know, I love. A uh, guy being able to hit the ball to the, his opposite gap. <clears throat> and uh, the, the young pitcher, you know, who knows? I think there are some, I've read some things about him where they, people love his arm. And I've read some things that said, you know, his stuff is deceiving. He's, he throws 95 or 96, but, you know, essentially not enough spin, not enough life on his fastball. It is a concern that I think he's 23 years old and A-ball. So you look at that and go, well, you know, don't know. But I would say getting a fifth starter that's a big league starter, uh, getting a young outfielder who looks like he's going to be a real good hitter, you don't know, but it looks like it. And getting a reliever of Topa's caliber, as I thought about that, man, I th- I, the Twins made a pretty good deal based on what I think must have been what what was going on when they were talking to people. Um, if that was the best deal they could get, as I look at it, I think they kind of stole it, I, I that trade. And I, I think that's all things considered with Julianne and Brooks Lee in the wings. Uh, probably for this year and and beyond pretty good deal yeah i i think so um i as i wrote the other day it's a, it's a trade that is designed to make the average twins pessimist pessimistic fan bonkers right because, <laughs> hey, for because sure. you didn't get the number two starter uh, you didn't get somebody to replace sunny gray you got cash which is an admission that you need cash under your payroll constraints uh, and you can just see the average Twins fan going, what are these idiots doing? And uh, the Polabs are so cheap. They had to even get money in this deal and all that. Uh, the reality is the reality. The reality is they are working under financial constraints right now, especially until they get a TV deal. And uh, Gabriel Rodriguez gives them four guys in their in baseball's top 100 prospects uh, I saw ESPN's ranking. The Twins are one of two teams with three of the top 30. Uh, that's Walker Jenkins. And that's even without Royce Lewis and Matt Walner, who are already con- and Eddie Julian, who are already considered big leaguers. Uh, that's uh, Walker Jenkins, who people project to be a star. Emma Rodriguez, who people are comparing to Juan Soto because he has tremendous power and also tremendous plate discipline. And Brooks Lee, who, who will be in the big leagues at some point this year and will give them and could end up being there everyday second baseman at some point. 
Uh, then you have and they slot in Rodriguez behind them. Now they have four of the top hundred prospects, and they're all they all have tremendous offensive upside. Uh, that means that you have some hope for the future. It also means if the right pitcher becomes available and you are willing to trade in these people, you have a backlog. I'm not sure they are willing to trade in these people, but it gives them that option. Oh, it absolutely does. It gives them if if Brooks Lee becomes a big leaguer, right? You know, quickly uh, Eddie Julian could be in the mix for a trade um, right. as well. So, I mean, they they've done it again in terms of you know filling a need in okay fashion at the big league level, the fifth starter. They got a nice reliever, and they once again have plussed up their uh, minor league system with a real prospect, as you say. I called him uh, Gabriel Martinez. Sorry, I meant uh, Rodriguez. That's okay. Um, and um, I, I have a different view about the cash. Uh, so Disclafani, I think, was set to make uh, $12 million yep. and Polanco 10. So – uh, getting whatever they got, six million bucks is what I read. And now you've got a fifth starter for six million, essentially for six million bucks. Um, they get a TV deal done, uh, which they probably will will get at some point in time. And they have they still have uh, trade chips. I I think that cash is it was a you know I mean it doesn't. It doesn't sound like much, but I don't think it was about the Polans being cheap. They need cash. I think it was about, you know, we can we can trade uh, $10 million uh, Polanco, uh, who's 30 years old, for a fifth starter that's a big leaguer that we're going to pay in essentially $6 million. And we've actually – we're actually not out of the realm of possibility of making a deal here. So I, I just think it it turned out just fine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I think so too. We'll talk about the Corbin Burns trade later. Um, I'm interested in what you think Brooks Lee's upside is because he's going to be the first of the top prospects to get to the big leagues. Uh, he'll probably be up at some point this year. And when I look at it, yeah, Eddie Julian could be a trade chip. Uh, he could start the year as your second. He's probably going to start the year as your everyday second baseman and see how it goes defensively. Uh, one thing that this means to me is. Alex Kirilov better go on his horse because they have a lot of other people they could slide over to first base if he isn't able to be healthy and produce this year. Yeah, it's really true. I, um, I've thought that uh, for a while. And um, I, I think with regard to Brooks Lee, uh, he, he came up, he was drafted as a shortstop. So what that means is, uh, you know, he ought to be able to play second base, right? I mean, that's just yep. that that's just the way it is. If you're athletic enough to play shortstop, then second base, once you once you just get used to it a bit, I mean, there there are some adjustments to make in terms of seeing the ball for, you know, come off the bat, you know, from, from the other side of the field. Uh that's a little different. Uh making a double play, you know, that's that's different. Although that learning curve is ridiculously eliminated because you can't nobody slides in anybody anymore so he's a he's a fairly strong husky guy he's got a shortstop arm he stands on second base catches it and fires the first with impunity i mean it's it's just not it's not an issue anymore and and so really it becomes uh, in my view it becomes well okay i i haven't seen him enough how athletic is he i'm assuming athletic 
I mean, can he dive for in one, one of the most important plays for a second baseman is the ability to dive for a ball because you have time to dive and catch it and throw people out, you know, robbing potential base hits. You know, is he good at that? I'm going to assume after having played shortstop his whole life, he is. Um, so there's a lot to think that um, if he lives up to his offensive um, uh, projections, that he could be a terrific uh, second baseman in in all phases for you know for the Twins. So I I, I would anticipate. I mean, I don't think that his athletic his sorry his offensive ability is too overstated. I, I think people are comfortable with the fact that he's going to be a big league hitter. So you throw a switch hitter into the, into the second base spot like Jorge. I mean, that's one of the best things about Polanco was how good a hitter he was and able to do all the things I just talked about at second base. Now you got another switch hitter who's younger, who's making less money, and you know has real offensive potential. Um, both Julian and Kirilov are competing with Brooks Lee this year, um, in my view, and you know we'll we'll probably know by June. Yes, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this this roster shakes out early in the season. They're going to have a lot of options. They could end up having a surplus, which of course, again, always make, creates possibilities of midseason trades. Uh, let's get more on this trade, the Corbin Burns trade. Uh, a couple other topics here. We do want to let you know we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Scott for Aquarius, wishing you a happy new year. And happy, how can we be only halfway through winter? Want some good news? Now is the time to replace your old furnace and AC with a new high-efficiency whole home heating and cooling system. Because at Aquarius, you can install it now and not pay a penny until next year. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com and schedule your free estimate today. Financing offers subject to available credit. Aquarius earning the right to be recommended. Also want to thank longtime sponsor of many shows on the network, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. Uh, they are sponsoring the John Krasinski Show this week, Saturday, 7 p.m., February 3rd. That's right, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Chris Finch, Timberwolves coach, possible Western Conference all-star coach, will be visiting us 7 p.m. at Headflyer Brewing in Minneapolis. Uh, very nice of Chris to come out and spend some time with us. He's always been a classy guy. It'll be a blast. Those shows always pack the place, so get there early if you're interested. Head Flyers got a lot of space, but it will fill up. Uh, also, want to thank Twill in the Dining Galleria, my favorite men's store. Uh, they've been having a 40% off sale on stuff they're trying to move out of the way for the next season. Uh, they don't have many sales, and it's high-quality stuff. I highly recommend stopping by twillmn.com. Uh, let, let's say this before, uh, before we move on. Polanco was a very popular figure in the Twins organization for a couple of big reasons. Uh, well, you know, number one, nice guy. Number two, uh, he would he was very willing to play through injuries. He asked to be in the lineup, and not everybody does that. And number three, he would play anywhere. He'd play any position they asked him to play. He was a, a great teammate, a great member of the organization. So I think trading him was a good idea, but, but uh, you know, he certainly made a lot of friends while he was here. He did for all the reasons that you say, and and in addition, uh, had, when he was right, healthy and right at the plate, he was uh, one of the better offensive players the Twins have seen in a long time. I mean, the the kid could just flat hit, and uh, had maybe 
four or five years of getting some of the biggest hits uh, for his for the Twins uh, of anybody, uh, you know, in those four or five years. I mean, he's just a really, really solid player and, and a good guy. And played hurt and play anywhere, unselfish, all those things. Uh, and, and on top of you know, on top of the performance. Uh, I'm going to miss him, and, and I'm really sorry to see him go. I, I mean, I don't by any means uh, want to give the impression that I'm <laughs> anything but sad to see him uh, go for the people that uh, – for the trade deal that the Twins got. I just think that at 30 years old, with the guys they have coming up behind them, with the economics of the game, with, you know, what you have to do. And this is a great example of what you have to do the decisions that have to be made by the front office of trading somebody before they prove to you that, well, we should have traded them a year or two earlier than we did. I mean, you have to have the courage to say, this is a really good player and um, we we need to, we probably need to move on and get the most value that we can for them now because this might be the best that we get. You don't know that, but you can't know the future. I mean, everybody who ranks trades are doing it after the fact, right? And so you really don't know, but you have to be willing to say, oh, this could look bad for a year. I mean, Polo could go to Seattle and tear it up. I mean, he absolutely could. And frankly, I hope he does. I mean, I love the kid and I hope he, I hope he continues with his, with his career. But these are the kinds of decisions that, you know, front office guys are paid to, to make and be right about most of the time. And so, and you have to be willing to do it. And right after the Twins trade Polanco for a, pit, a starting pitcher and a relief pitcher, the Baltimore Orioles uh, are going for it. They trade uh, a package for Corbin Burns, who only has is under contract for one year. They're changing ownership. The Orioles are obviously going for it. I love that. Um, and but it's also another one of those deals where you know the team trade the team that didn't get the obvious best player right now in the deal. Uh, you know, they're probably going to come under some criticism. It doesn't mean it's not a good deal long time. Uh, the Orioles get Burns. The Brewers get shortstop Joey Ortiz, number 63 uh, pipeline, uh, MLB pipelines, number 63 prospect. Uh, he was the sixth best prospect for the Orioles. He was kind of blocked by their current talent there. They get a left-handed pitcher, D.L. Hall, and they get a draft pick. You know, again, if, if you are saying – I need to grade this trade right now. Of course, the Orioles win it. They get a great pitcher. Um, what do you think of the Brewers' haul, given their circumstances? Yeah, I don't know an awful lot. Uh, let me rephrase that. I don't know anything about the guys. They, 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 <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not a, uh, I, I'm not a minor league maven here, but well, for every uh, knows knowledge about every or any um, major league team's uh, prospects. I, I will say this. Again, they're doing what they had to do. They have one more year left. Uh, Burns, you would think, would uh, would garner a, a big value in return, but he's 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 under contract for one year. At the end of this year, he's going to make a boatload of money. Uh, the Brewers felt like they had to move on from a boatload of money and get the best thing, uh, best uh, prospect that they could. And I will say that I don't know anything about Joey Ortiz, but if he's the, if he is uh, MLB pipeline, 63, 63rd best player, 
I love playing, uh, uh, trading a uh, pitcher for a shortstop. If he becomes a big league player, then it's a it's a wonderful trade. Um, <clears throat> Sam, we won't know. I mean, we we won't know. The, the, it sounds like they think he's going to be a, a real big league player. And I, I'll just tell you what Gene Mock told me one time when I was a kid, way back when, and um, the Orioles, uh, uh, Frank Robinson was with Cincinnati Reds, and the Orioles uh, had uh, Milt Pappas, and they made a deal, Pappas for, uh, and, and Pappas had, had a good year, and you probably remember the, this, but uh, Pappas was a good pitcher, had a good year. Uh, Orioles traded in Cincinnati for Frank Robinson. Uh, I loved Frank Robinson with the Cincinnati Reds. I, I couldn't believe they traded him. I thought, well, I, you know, I, I asked Gene about it. I mean, I'm just, a, you know, I'm a kid. And I said, what do you think about that, about that deal? And he said, well, personally, I love it. But he said, what do you mean? He said, Milt Pappas can beat me once out every five days. Frank Robinson beats me every single day. He goes out there. Yep. And so you get a shortstop that's going to be a big league player every day. And um, you don't have to be of the you don't have to be forced into paying a pitcher huge dough in, in a year. Um, and I think you made the you you made the right point. I mean, the Brewers aren't you know necessarily thinking about you know th- putting all the chips on the table for this year. So could it, it very well could turn out to be a, a, a really good deal for them too. Old guy admission here. Uh, I did I, when I lived in Baltimore. I got to see Frank Robinson play right field, and I got to see Johnny Yanis play quarterback. I'm old, but there's some benefits to being old. I got to see that Frank Robinson was an incredible player. Uh, Frank Robinson, you know, I never got to know him well myself, but I, you know, had opportunities to interview him over the years. But but he was the Baltimore Orioles manager when they went, they had that incredible losing streak to start a season. What was it, 18 or 21 games or something stupid? Um, just, they had no chance. They, they were going out there every night. Frank Robinson, great player, uh, Hall of Fame player, obviously top tier Hall of Fame player, is managing a team that can't win a game and I knew the guys who were covering that team, the beat writers, Richard Justice, Ken Rosenthal, and uh, – oh, I'm blanked on the third. Who am I – who is my – oh, and, uh, and Timmy Kirkshin. Believe that. One beat, one major league beat had Ken Rosenthal, Timmy Kirkshin, and Richard Justice. Richard Justice was one of the great beat writers of all time. And Frank was so good with them. You know, it's such an easy situation for the manager to be cranky and not want to have to answer any questions. Those guys would all go out to dinner together, and Frank would just, you know, tell them stories about the old times. So I have a very not for personal experience, but I have a very soft spot in my heart for Frank handling that situation the way he did. Oh, such such a wonderful guy, um, and matched only by uh, his his historically great uh, performance as a big league player. I mean, you're right, top tier Hall of Famer, you know, but certainly top ten. Uh, you know, maybe top five, who knows? He was in that, in that way, anybody that thinks he's not at least in the, in the conversation for top five player of all time would indicate how truly underrated he, he, uh, he has been over time people. And I don't know if it was because there was Cincinnati and Baltimore, but, but he was there, you know, leading Baltimore, you know, to some, you know, some really good years, seasons. So, you know, I don't, I don't know why it feels like he was uh, a bit underappreciated, but if you don't think he's in the conversation for, you know, one of the 
top five Hall of Famers ever, then yeah, you, you really weren't paying attention. Yeah. Great player. Great competitor. Great power hitter. Could do everything well. Uh, phenomenal player. And, and a great guy, again. Uh, hey, you uh, hit on a topic that I think we're going to hit hard next week. And, and that is that uh, the Twins – here, I'll put it on T. The Twins seemed to hire Derek Falvey because he was instrumental in the drafting and developing of so many good Cleveland pitchers for one of the franchises that specializes in doing that. And yet, since he's been here, it feels like the Twins in drafting and even sometimes in trading, well, mostly drafting, they seem to prefer the everyday player with offensive upside. Let's get into that subject next week. Uh, Again, this is Chin Music, part of TalkNorth.com. Hope to see some of you Saturday at Headflyer Brewing with Chris Finch, 7 p.m. Uh, for Brandon Morton, Roy Smalley, I'm Jim Suhan. Thanks for listening to Chin Music and TalkNorth.com.